Hey guys, welcome to our podcast. We, I think, are a couple of months past our last episode. Why? What's funny? The fact that this is way overdue. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we just honestly got super, super busy. Uh, very fortunately, so we've kind of been slacking on the on the um, podcast recording. But but given that it's been a while, the last episode that we that we recorded was about what the market conditions were coming out of COVID. Right. And we, I think, recorded right as we reopened our office and we were seeing showings start to increase uh, dramatically. Yep, I we talked the about, Right, we talked about how we were not only back to the levels that we were at January 1st, but we were actually past levels that we were at last year, same period, May, June. We were, we were even higher than that. So, so we touched up on a little bit as to why we felt we were seeing that trend where we thought things were going over the course of the summer. So I think it might be appropriate to touch up on where we are now and see how that has played out these last couple of months. Sounds good. Because there's actually some some new information that came out from from uh, Keeping Current Matters, and they've been following the real estate trends uh, from the start of COVID. They've been updating on a weekly basis, uh, following numbers related to unemployment, following numbers to following numbers related to how many jobs have been returning back to the economy. And so these are national a, numbers, right? Well, yes. Yeah, they're, they're, they're on a national level. Um, so I think that so there's a lot to unpack here. There's actually a lot, a lot of good information. I want to break it down into two into two uh, phases, I guess. The first, I guess we can just touch up on the state of the economy, which will be how how has real estate rebound in the last couple of months, in the last few months? What, what is the activity with COVID? What is the activity with uh, showings and mortgages as it relates to this time last year, as it relates to historically? And then one of the things that I think is going to be the focus of this episode, or not the focus, but a very important talking point, is some facts around the conversation that I'm hearing a lot of people having, which is, are we going to see a wave of foreclosures at the end of this year? And that having to do with the unemployment numbers that people are seeing, the fact that there are a lot of mortgages in forbearance, everyone's automatically thinking, you know, this is this is a market the where of something right, bad. We're 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 kind of at the right at the, at the onset of, of of something to come. So so without providing a crystal ball into the future, I think that there's a lot of really good information here to kind of give us an insight as to what we can uh, what an we can educated expect. guess an educated guess. So That's we can do. Right. yeah. All right. So do you have anything to add to that? Anything that you think? Uh, no, be- I'm actually, the whole time we were talking, I was trying to cheat and look at your charts because I am not ready for this. Yeah, I, but, I, uh, I, I offered to have you I look at them. I don't know what you're talking about. I offered to have you look at them, but nope. you said you'd rather be surprised. So <laughs> I want right. to get a live reaction on camera. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's do it then. All right. So let's talk a little bit about uh, consumer spending. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure how much focus we've put into you know consumer spending and consumer confidence in our previous podcast but i don't think we've ever talked about it if we have very briefly uh but the the assumption would be that they they will be very low right consumer confidence yes spending 
Well, yes, sure. I mean, once again, I'm speaking more or without less seeing right. that. So if I throw you off or if I give no, away not... something you were building to, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, that I, was my that was my my well, cliffhanger for the end no, of the episode. No. So <laughs> no, what I mean is that like I, I want to start off with a, you know the the beginning. If we're gonna talk about consumer spending, I, w- I would like to start off where I feel like people's mind uh, might be, you know, which is it's very low. People have no money. That's what that's how people are thinking right now, right? Right. So it's very low. So. Okay, so yeah, you're right. It could be consumer spending is low because people don't have money to spend. Consumer spending can be low because consumer confidence is low and people don't want to spend because they feel as though they shouldn't be spending at this time. Right, the fear. economy is, is not, you know, is not doing well, and 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 out of fear, they're going to be more reserved. So yeah, right. so they go hand in hand. So, um, so the first number I want to go over is, like I said, consumer spending. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is measuring consumer spending as of January first. So on April first. Uh, we saw a decline of nearly 32%, 31.7% decline from January 1st levels in consumer spending. But now the interesting thing is that every month since then, May 1st, June 1st, and July 1st, there has been an increase in consumer spending. And if you want to see it your way, you can kind of take a look at, at, at how that has progressively gotten better. So there was a drop off at the beginning when people didn't know what was happening, but now people are kind of starting to come back to, to So normalcy. just to be clear, so April 1st, there was... less spending compared to January January 1st. 1st. Yes. Okay, interesting. Well, okay. And then every month thereafter, it's gotten a little bit better. Well, people have been spending more money every month. We're going to consider April 1st the the, the first date where the the, the data was accurate for COVID. Because as you can see, March 1st was, was actually... Yeah, Minimal. almost, almost nothing. Yeah, it was, ne- it was negligent. So, so it was, it was nothing because COVID hadn't really ramped up at that point. But as soon as COVID was in, as soon as the states locked down, as soon as there were mandated closures, everyone kind of hunkered down, and we saw a nearly thirty-two percent decline. But since then, there's been a gradual increase, and now July first, just a month ago from the time we're recording this, well, it's down been eight point six percent below January first, which is which is a, a much easier pill to swallow by comparison. Yeah. Uh, so kind of going into a little bit more detail as to what the spending has been, this chart kind of shows what the decline of, um, of consumer spending, where, where the decline in consumer spending was. So for those that are just listening. And a lot of them are the obvious ones. Right. But here's the interesting thing. Groceries never declined. That we was eat. the essential, the essential <laughs> ones. So actually, groceries, you saw a spike, actually, at the beginning of May. You saw From a spike in that. people eating in rather than eating out. That's probably what. <laughs> probably. Right. I mean, I don't think they went the into that much know. detail. But, <laughs> but that's what makes sense, right? Because it's like, I was eating a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. I account for a lot of that. Am I, am I part of this? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't asked. But yeah, I mean, I mean, you see the losses where you expect them. Transportation, no one was traveling, no one was really going anywhere. Arts and entertainment, you know, no concerts, no movie theaters, none of that stuff happening. Restaurants were closed for the majority of the time, so that makes sense. Healthcare is the interesting one. What does that really mean? So here's here's one of the, I'm not, I'm not necessarily need to break this down line by line, but for those that that um. Well, because I don't have the information as to I can I can kind of infer what what this might mean, and so. For those that will actually see the graph, the one that's actually interesting to me is apparel in general. Apparel is non-essential, non, it's considered items or, or supplies that are spent when consumer confidence is high. That's, that's retail stores. <laughs> you buy boxers? <laughs> I guess that should have been in essential services, right? Just saying. Apparel in general, retail, um, clothes stores, mall outlets, that 
have has now come to a point where it's almost at the same levels as January 1st. Whereas restaurants and hotels, arts and entertainment, transportation are slowly increasing, but perhaps maybe the reason why those lines are not at the point where January 1st levels are is because there's still strict regulations against those right. openings. So restaurants are still not at full capacity and probably won't be for some time. Movie theaters are still closed down. Hotels are probably working on, on a limited capacity. But so so even even though those numbers are increasing at a similar rate as apparel in, in general, they are capped at a at a lower at a lower return, at a lower recovery, I should say, probably because of some of the limitations that are in place for them. Sure. But it's interesting that apparel in general, which we've seen by comparison, very much more relaxed restrictions when it comes to retail and, and, well, and general what about shopping. Online shopping. Well that, that apply? That I'm sure that, that can apply as well. Yeah. So so regardless of whether it's brick and mortar shopping or online shopping, people have the confidence and are willing to spend the money and they're spending right. it in, in areas that may not be considered traditionally essential. So I think that that speaks volumes as to as to where the consumer confidence stands compared to January 1st, pre-COVID sure. and, and, and how people are spending. Okay. So here's an interesting one because now have, have you been taking down notes? Yeah, no, it's all right here. Okay. And, I, and I can just rewatch this afterwards. <laughs> you, forget, you forget how video works? <laughs> Go ahead. This is an interesting one because we touched up on this on the last episode. And it was some of the theories that we had around why we saw such a such a minimal decline in rents paid during a time when we were expecting a lot of people right. to to forego paying rent because they simply weren't able. They were out of jobs. They were collecting uh, less money than they were before. So we were expecting the worst, but interestingly enough, we saw quite the opposite. And we attributed that to people being much more conservative with their money and being right. an errant on the safe side. And we kind of attributed lightly to the fact that maybe they learned from 2008 and sure. they wanted to kind of do things the right way be this time cautious, around, right. be more cautious. And so a Realtor.com survey said that 63% of people that were surveyed said that 63% are saving more money during COVID than they were before. There are some, uh, a minority amount of people that were polled that said that they're spending more money, but yet they're earning the same amount of money. That would be me. <laughs> and about 12% of people said that their income has dropped, but they also are spending less. But the interesting one is that 63% of people are saying that they're actually saving more money during COVID. Well, there's a lot more. There's a lot of people that are actually making more money right now because of unemployment plus the extra six hundred dollars that they're getting. So it's good to see that at least they're smart enough to put that aside or a big percentage of it. Also, yeah. a lot of people are not traveling, like we said before. You know, like no vacations, um, no eating out. I, I guess I'm. I'm I'm a little bit surprised by the 63%, but at the same time, if you really break it down, it, it all sort of makes sense. Yeah, no, and, and here's the interesting thing. I mean, we, we've seen what we talked about, about about tenants being a little bit more cautious about mm -hmm. how they manage their money and, and, and be more protective of, the, of, the, of the, the assistance that they're getting from the government, whether right. it's the $600 extra unemployment, whether it's the expanded unemployment benefits, whether it's the lengthened, the, 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 the expanded length of the unemployment protection. They're being much more protective of that and they're putting it to good use. And one thing that just happened today, actually, which I'm glad that it did before the podcast, because it just kind of reinforces what we were talking about the previous episode. One of our tenants who has a uh, relatively 
higher rent rate than than average. than than average has not paid rent since April. So they've gone four months without paying rent. And all the while we've been in contact with them and they've been telling us that they've been unemployed and the you know the agency has just been very slow moving and they haven't gotten back to them with their benefits. And and last week they told us that they just received uh, the first wave of their checks. And this week today- Which is all of it at once, right? It's well, not, they retroactively, like, yeah, right, they, they okay. certainly do it retroactively, yes. Yeah. So, um, so it was very slow moving for her. I'm not exactly sure why, but, but today she came in with $7,000, $7,000 for four months worth of rent. She's paid out now through the, through, through the end of July. Wow. And that's something that, that, you know, I'm not sure that under different circumstances it, it would be the norm, but we actually have seen that be the norm with maybe not on that scale, but people are being more protective. If they have the benefit of unemployment or added assistance, they're putting it to their house. Right. They're putting it to the important They're using stuff. it correctly. So, so yeah, so I think, I think that, that, uh, that that's a good example of, of, of reinforcing what we talked about before. It's a lot of charge, it's gonna be a long one. Yeah, no, I know, there's a lot to move faster, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna move past this a <laughs> little bit quicker. They also have green candles and red candles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, these last two. So these, we can, we can move past these because this kind of just, just, um, uh, it's gonna go hand in hand with what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, it wraps up the uh, <laughs> just words yeah. <laughs> left, right, up, down. <laughs> uh, so this this just kind of shows that that we were as compared to January first showings in all of North America, and this was based on uh, statistics from showing time. So now we're talking about showing of properties, right? Like from a, from a realtor, because we're kind of like you know we're talking about something different. So I want to make sure that we're clear. That now we're talking about showings requested by realtors like for their clients. Right, right. Okay. So this is this has to do with showings in all of North America. It's just an okay. aggregate of, of all of these showings. And compared to January first, right up until March thirty first, we were seeing a gradual increase in showings as Which compared to January first. Right. Right. As of January first, you start to pick up as the season goes on. Three thirty one, massive drop off right into mid April. And then we saw a quick recovery around the first of May. And then ever since May nineteenth, we have seen not only numbers that have gone, that have matched and gone above January 1st levels by a significant margin, but, they're but also have surpassed. compared to last year. Yeah, you See? finished my thoughts. And I didn't, See, and so I didn't you know. <laughs> Say something, I'll finish it. Stupid. <laughs> okay, all right. Do you think that you have the capacity to get through another 10 minutes of slides? <laughs> Test me. Uh, and uh, actually, I think this just kind of goes the same. We we um, we when combining the demand, supply, price, and time of property on the market, we are uh, we are well. We have recovered the amount of uh, of of activity that we lost from from um, from the start of COVID to now. And, so and fairly quickly too. Yeah, and very quickly. Uh, and I think, like I said, kind of repeating what we said on the last podcast, I think it was a matter of people just kind of waiting out to see how this thing was going to play out. How, you know, how severe was this going to be? How manageable was it going right. to be? Uh, were we going to be able to go on with life, uh, albeit a little bit different in terms of precautionary measures? But but once all that happened, I think people slowly started to get back into the market and certainly the housing market shows that. Okay, so now, any questions about that first? No, not for me. No? Thank you. <laughs> okay. So... Now, kind of flipping these the statistics, I think, and actually one of the reasons why I really want to focus on this is because we talk, we're talking a lot about how not horrible things are in, in, in the interest of, of trying to, 
to lead with facts and not fear. But at the same time, to be fair and to be very honest, it's pretty it fucking may, bad. It, it may, yeah, no, to be, to be, I mean, yeah, I, I, let, let's, let's, let's call it for what it is. Things may not be as bad as some people think, but at the end of the day, things are bad. I mean, the, the unemployment numbers that came in at the beginning of COVID were unseen since the Great Depression. And, you know, we talked about the fact that, that there were a lot of people that had to forbear mortgages, had to put mortgages into forbearance. There were a lot of people that had to sell homes because they right. just had no alternative. And so, you know, in, in, in and of itself, that's bad. We, well, but can't, I, we can't sugarcoat that. So I think that it, it, it warrants it. We've made it clear that we're not trying to sugarcoat it. We're not downplaying it by any means. We just want to make sure that the right information gets put out there. That's all. We're not, we're not giving our opinion of, on, as to whether something's good or bad. You know, we're just showing data. And data, there was a lot of positive things happening that people were not focusing on. That's all. Yeah, no, and, and, and I agree. I mean, it's not, it's not to, to discredit anything that we've been saying or invalidated, but, but in the interest of now addressing very directly what some people's concerns are and, and, and where some of the fear actually comes from, let's, let's take a look at, at some of the more ominous data and, and, and see how we can kind of pick that apart and, and see what it actually means. So I think one of the more important, important slides that, that we went through, that we're going to go through today is, <laughs> because there are many, <laughs> no, I'm only kidding is the unemployment just, numbers. I don't, I don't understand what just happened. <laughs> it looked like as soon as I said that, your eyes went open like, oh my God, how many more slides are there? Oh, I see, okay. And there's really, I mean, there's really not that many. We can kind of, we can kind of... Let's, let's, let's move on, let's move on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the number that's thrown out on a regular basis, uh, when, we, when we did the podcast last, we were talking about roughly 35 million people unemployed. Right. Is that people unemployed or filings? Ah, see now you're getting ahead of ahead of the podcast. This oh, is what I was going to get at. Can you cut you're this just part too out? Smart. You're just, just too smart for your own good. Aren't Whatever. You? <laughs> I didn't even know I knew that. Maybe stop looking at my. <laughs> no, so you're right. A lot of times, and it's and, and let's put aside whether this is, uh, you know, in, in, in intentionally misleading or whether people just inadvertently misinterpret the information. But a lot of the numbers that get thrown out are cumulative unemployment filings and that's filings that's how many people have filed from unemployment since the start of COVID. also now on a weekly basis we get numbers on a weekly basis because people are still filing for unemployment. but that's not the one people are t that people talk about right that's what you're saying exactly okay it's very important to differentiate between how many people have filed for unemployment and how many people are currently on unemployment sure that's how many that people I are really actually matters. collecting because that's the measurement of how much how if we're getting better or not so that's right. the one that truly matters yeah so so we were at 35 million at the beginning of June when we first, when we last did our podcast. Now we are at the end of July. We are at 51 million of total of total unemployed. I think <laughs> I <said> total fucking. <laughs> so, so passionate I am about this of, of total unemployment filings. <laughs> I don't know if I get past that. Go on. <laughs> I scared you a little bit there. I noticed. And I feel of bad total about unemployment filings. Yes. Um, However, when you, when, you, when you look at how many people are actually unemployed, 16.2 million people are actually collecting unemployment, which is a drastic difference between how many people have filed since COVID and how many people are currently collecting. Okay, so, have, um, so 16 million people have filed. No, no, no. 51 million people have filed since the start of COVID. And then how many filings has there been? 60. <laughs> Come on. 51 million people have filed since yes. the start of unemployment. Yes. 
16.2 million are currently collecting unemployment. Understood. Yeah? I get it. Okay. So, which means that 35, close to 40 million people are back to work. Have gone back to work, have come off of unemployment. I was so afraid to be wrong on that one. Just last month, 4.8 million jobs were added. And so, I think that the important thing to talk to, 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 to focus on here is not to negate the fact that 51 million people have filed for unemployment, which is an unheard of number and, and, and in, in its own right. However, as we said, roughly 35 to 40 million people have gone back to work. And that's and so, what people should be focusing on. Because that's course, the positive, I mean, that's it, the good it's thing. It's the progress that we're making. Mm -hmm. It's not to say that 16.2 is great. 16.2 is still, still a bad a number. number. Yep. It's, 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 still, it's still higher than we were at uh, when, when, when we were coming out of the recession. So, the Great Recession, I should say. So, so it's not a good number to be to celebrate. But it's important to, to, I guess, compare apples to apples. And, 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 and for us to say we're at 51 million unemployed is not accurate. And, it's, and, it's, and it, does, it does us no good when we're trying to measure how much progress we're making. Right. So that's, I think, important to kind of okay. um, clear up. And so now we're getting into something that's related to those numbers. Everyone sees those numbers and obviously jumps to the worst conclusions, sure. which is the foreclosures are on their way. Now, this isn't to say that that's not true. However, let's, as you mentioned earlier, let's try to look at this from a, an educated perspective that, that's backed by data. And we wanna kinda compare what position we were in 10, 12 years ago when, when we actually saw a massive influx of foreclosures oh, and to where I we are now. I these numbers, okay. <laughs> See, I don't need the slides, man. So yeah, good. I guess you don't. So good. Um, and I think the key, the key number is, and, 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 and if you want to give the numbers, you can. Nope, but I might be wrong. <laughs> we, we, we are in a much better position than we are now than we were in 2008. 60% 60 of homes have at least 40% of equity. 90% of homes have at least 10% of equity. That wasn't true back in 2008. Back right. in 2008, people, did, people had no equity. There was no cushion. There was no cushion. Like most, most people were underwater. They had no choice but to turn their keys in when things got worse. Now, people have the advantage that if things really, if they find themselves any worst case scenario where they have not been able to get a job, where they don't have the money to continue paying their expenses, they are in a, I'm not going to say fortunate position, but well, in a is. much better position that they could sell their property because they have equity in it. And, 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 and for that reason alone, even if it gets to the point where people aren't able to, to, to recover, we're not gonna see an influx, or we're very unlikely to see the influx that we saw in 2008. In addition to the advantage of being able to sell your property because of the existing equity, mortgage companies are much, much more willing now to work with their borrowers. Right. Whereas before, I mean, it was it was it was a pyramid pretty much collapsing on itself, and there was no choice. But right now, forbearance options are are very prominent, and people are taking advantage of that. There are, there are loan modification options that people are taking advantage of, just adding your 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 missed payments onto to, the back of the, the loan. End, right. It's a win win for people, um, and and you know because of lessons learned back in two thousand eight, banks simply don't want to take back these properties. They're not in the business of selling real estate. They're in the business of writing loans. And so this does them no good and they want to avoid that at all costs. And they've learned from 2008 in that they, number one, took a lot of, took a lot of proactive measures to avoid a catastrophe happen, happening. And now that people are 
taking advantage of those options, they are working with them very actively to get them back on course. Right. And 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 so and so that's why we've been seeing of the 4.8, 4.6, 4.5 million loans that are in forbearance right now. They are slowly going down week after week after week, according to uh, McDash's forbearance tracker, which is a uh, institution that tracks you know loan mortgages and which ones are in forbearance and in default. Every week they're they're, they're going down. So that in and of itself shows progress, right? Um, so I mean that that's really one of, that's really the emphasis of what I wanted to talk about in terms of foreclosure and what the unemployment numbers mean, because you know a lot of our newsletters and a lot of our podcasts have been about. Guys, this is how great the real estate market is. Our showings are more sure. than they were January 1st. Our showings are up year over year. Uh, the prices of, are up. The demand is up. up. Inventory is low. Right. So I think I think it, 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 it does the general public a disservice to just focus on the good. For as, as good as it is and as advantageous right, as that is lie. for everyone. Right, because it's not a lie. It's right. still a fact. But you're right. I mean, we should be looking at the whole the whole scenario rather than... right. So, so I think I, I hope that that does a lot to kind of quell people's fears and 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 put things into perspective. That things are getting better. That things are getting better, and that you're right. There are there are loans in forbearance. There are people that are not able to pay their mortgage. That's a reality, and it's a and it's a very serious reality on on on, on the level of, of how many people are right. are in that position. But but what exactly is that? Does that mean, and and why does it mean that? And I think that these that this information does a lot to to to, to address that. So, so that really was 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 my focus of um of of this podcast, kind of revisiting the progress that we're making on the real estate front, but at the same time addressing that 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 is something that I've been hearing a lot. And it will be it will be kind of cool to do this once a month at least to in order to keep track of these numbers and figure out whether or not things are actually getting right. better. It could on be a it could be basis, helpful. So. So, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, one of the things that I think would be very helpful, and hopefully we'll be able to do, is if we can put the the slides up on our video because I think that the uh, the graphic is very very helpful I'll for, to the for IT understanding department. that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, any thoughts? No, no, no. This is actually very. Uh, it's really interesting. Uh, it's also very. Yeah, I could, you were <laughs> you were yeah, blown away. Yeah, I can tell. Look how, how interested I am. No, but it, like you said, I mean, it's something that we're something that's happening around us twenty four seven. Whether the market is hot right now or not, I still come across people that are fearful. I actually received a message today from someone asking me, you know, is the market, is it back to where it was before COVID? And I don't know if if it, not that it won't ever will be. I don't know if it. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. I'm not I don't sure I do. I don't know if it, if it ever will be like the way it was before COVID, but it just won't happen that quickly. Right. It's going to take quite, right. quite, a, quite a while. So it's, it would be nice to keep track of that, of that progress. And yeah, that's it. All right. Awesome. Okay. So uh, yeah, I'll leave you guys with that. And um, we'll, we'll pencil in potentially doing this every month, a little yeah. market update every month so cool. that people can stay up to date. Absolutely. All right. All right thanks, guys. Thank you.